To the next installment of the Yummy Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, aka Colette Prosper. I'm a comedy writer and filmmaker on this show. We talk about everything from Jeff Bezos uh, in space for like 11 minutes and saying that Amazon employees and customers paid for all this. Um, yeah, that was uh, just those classic Bezos. Um, awesome. So heartfelt. Uh, we also talk about how TV filming on shows like Westworld and Bridgerton have been paused due to COVID test um due to positive rather COVID tests amongst crew members. Um, it's very scary. Um, Delta variant just keeps on keeping on. If you are physically able, please get vaxxed and keep wearing those masks. Um, I don't know. I'm not a doctor just, but we got to do something, anything anyway, to take our minds off of, uh, this fourth wave um this week we're focusing on a good dude named brandon coleman he's a gifted musician lover of kitty cats he's played with everyone including thundercat flying lotus childish gambino even michael blue buble babyface the list goes on and on he's great he's a really sweet guy um He's also getting into film scoring and he's working on a comedy with another gifted musician, also a very good guy named Ryan Porter. But first up, we'll hear more about it. But first up, some housekeeping. If you like this show, please rate and review. It's how you can help people find the show. Let's kick things off with a sketch called Synthesizer Man. Uh, it's a new installment in the saga of everyone's favorite octopus therapist, Dr. Marissa Cephalopod. Check it out. Sketch. Hi, my name is Dr. Marissa Cephalopod, and I'm a bird certified psychologist. And yes, I'm also an octopus who lives at an aquarium in Little Ferry, New Jersey. Join me as I chat with patients from all walks of life, including superheroes. These are their stories. Dr. Marissa, your 8 a.m. appointment is here. Oh, oh my water tank! What is that thing? Next time, if you want to bring something huge to my office, you got to be more careful. I'm sorry, doctor. It's been a rough couple of weeks. My husband has turned into a synthesizer. Oh. It started with a few harmless purchases on eBay, but 
now. Now he's bought so many pieces of equipment, he has become an actual synthesizer. Oh dear, a husband should be human, not some analog synthesizer. I know. One day I realized that his voice had been replaced by a vocoder. <gasps> oh my God. He sounded like Zap and Roger. Oh, oh, I love that song, Computer Love. <laughs> Me too. It's a great song. Okay, sorry for that digression. Carry on, my dear. Thanks. Okay, so all of his body parts have been replaced by synthesizer parts. His nipples are now even knobs that he bought on Reverb for like $2,000 each. Oh, come on! Knobby mm. things instead of nipples? Ah, oh, they are cute though. I'm gonna give them a little tweak. But how can I bring him back? I'm an octopus therapist, not a human to musical instrument surgeon. I know, but maybe you could talk some sense into him. He's He's listening to us, but he can only talk through melody. Oh, and, and, and what a melodious sound you make, synthesizer man. I know. I just want him to come back to me. Come back to me, husband. Well, why don't you go back to being a human for your wife, synthesizer man? He says, this is me. Take it or leave it. Well, can you take it? You know, could could he t ever tickle your ivories as synthesizer man? Um, oof, well, when you put it that way, no, no. You know what? Maybe you should keep them. Maybe. Me? Yeah, you guys kind of have a little connection going on. Oh, <laughs> I, I never thought of it that way. But there you have it, another breakthrough. Join us next time. I'm Dr. Marissa, octopus therapist. See ya, synthesizer man. Bye-bye. Oh, synthesizer man, let me tweak those nipples again. <laughs> oh my god. That was I Want to Experience by Sean Sonderager featuring Brandon Coleman. Let's get into my interview with Brandon. We're going to talk a lot about food and hot beverages. Uh, get into it. <laughs> Something. Yeah, our RE20. Is yeah. it RE20, Sean? 
Yeah, RE20. Nice. That's a great mic. This is the RE15. This is like the the grandfather of that mic. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. so- <laughs> Literally. Oh, wow. This was, yeah. yeah, it was built in the Ancestor. 70s. Yeah, it's nice. vintage. Nice. And they used it primarily for broadcasting. So, but musicians oh, cool. got a hold of it and was like, wait a minute, this sounds good with a saxophone. <laughs> hey, I kind of like yeah. that mic. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, we have this one. We have another one that looks kind of old timey. I don't know any of the the names. Okay. Um. Okay. But but yeah. But it's cool. What do you What are you drinking? Oh, uh, coffee. Like chai. No. Oh, that's coffee. Oh, okay. How yeah. do you take your coffee? Uh. Well, I like. I normally have it black, but more recently, um, just the coffee that I'm using now is just so strong that I have yeah. to. I have to have like some kind of almond milk, some cashew milk, something. Oat milk. Nice. Nice. I love oat milk. Um, Okay. So we buy uh, Cafe Bustello. Uh, I don't know if you know, it's like an East Coast uh, coffee, but it's real. They sell it. They sell it here. And we buy the party mix. Uh, The party, the part, it's like a, it's like a a gallon uh, container of coffee. Like if you really want to, you really want to go down that road. Yo, this coffee, uh, this coffee I'm drinking is called Death Wish. Nice. Wow. Yeah, when I tell you, it's like it's like drinking an espresso. Oh my god, it's amazing. It's just like it's just like your body becomes a bullet train. I mean, I, I mean, I, I went through a whole matcha phase last year, so uh, yeah, I kind of missed the matcha. The ma- I like matcha. I, m- I miss the matcha, but it's just so much to prepare. It's like coffee. It's just boom, boom, boom. The matcha, you yeah. kind of have to like, you know, especially if you get a good ceremonial grade, you gotta like, you gotta make sure you whisk that thing nice. And I don't I, want any. Yeah. Right, right. That's the worst is when you have that like big clump of just like um like, kind of dirt like I call I call it just a great antioxidant like boost because it's it is it has a lot of anti- yeah. antioxidants that I didn't know, you know. Oh yeah. A lot yeah. of properties in that uh matcha. Yeah. But um for me, like if you're um like the my kind of like methadone, like my my step down from coffee, uh there's this brand called Mud Water. Yeah. I, I've been seeing that, but <clears throat> excuse me, I've been seeing that, but I, it just, I don't know. I was like, wait a minute. But even though oh. I just saw somebody make coffee out of like something so crazy, it was like, they're going to make, we're going to make coffee out of like, like, I don't know, like, like not even, no, it wasn't dates. It was like something, something you just don't expect to be, you know, and they're like. Is that like, mushrooms now? No, it wasn't mushrooms. Oh. That's, you know, uh-huh. I've had mushroom yeah. coffee. No, it was yeah. like something odd that, because everybody's making coffee now out of like. Yeah. It was like oh, out of I a nut. I don't know what that is. It was like a, I'll find a video. I'll find a video. Yeah. It was like some kind of nut or something. And she like ground it. Uh, she roasted it first. And then she yeah. ground it. And she did some other things too. And then, you know, and steeped it. And it looked like a nice brownish. Wow. <laughs> light, light brownish coffee. But she said it was uh, with no caffeine, obviously. So. Oh, nice. Nice. So that, yeah, that, that would be a good step down too. Wait, wouldn't that uh, just yeah, be like- a beverage? Yeah, it's just a hot beverage, it's but like, like it, it, but it gives you the taste of coffee, um, without all the you know yeah. jittery side effects. Well, to me, that's coffee for me. <laughs> that's what you want. You want Jitter, the high. I want the high. That's the whole. Yeah, point. it's like this is just a hot <laughs> beverage. This is. A- I know. I know. Yeah, that's that's why we we um we go to the party mix. We we get the party mix because you know when you want, really want to fix. Yeah. See, yeah. Stop using coffee. People use coffee when it's not supposed to be used. Don't. It's not coffee. That's not even tea. Yeah. That's yeah. Stop a, fronting. Stop fronting. That's just hot drink. 
The, yes. Yeah, that's just to warm your body. That's not to to just, become a, a bullet train of force. This is just a drink. That's it. This yes. Not a, anyways. Yeah. Like if you if you want to party, you gotta you gotta party. Yes. Yes. Okay, so we're back. Um, this is I've we've been talking to the awesome Brandon Coleman. Um, welcome. You know, the show's in for the audience. Our show's audience is in for a real treat because you are a bona fide celebrity, king of synthesizers, lover of kitty cats, and you are joining this podcast for the first time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. And yes. That was a great intro. Thank you. I'm going to have to hire you. Yeah. Well, I've, I've every done show. PR. Yes. Yes. I've, I've, I'm No, I'll bring my happy. own announcer. I'll bring my own announcer. <laughs> No, no, no. She coming. She got about ten minutes. She'll be here, and she going. She's the only person that's going to announce me. Oh, I'm not having it. I don't who care if it? you. Who was that? I don't care if you got Drake. Shoot, I, I'm telling you, Kaleta's coming in about ten minutes. She go over. She's oh, going. To yes. Speak. Oh, 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 oh. This is you defending me. This is you like saying I don't. I, she's gonna introduce me no matter what. Yes. This is this is me saying I don't care who announcer y'all got. I'm. I have an. I already have my own announcer. Yeah, I don't care you, if it's you bring you know, your own Mr. announcer. Yes, right. I don't right. need a tech. I just need somebody to announce me right. I'm I'm your hype man. I'm like your um I don't know flavor flavor like um the Jerome that used to carry the mirror for Morse Day. See, I like that you said hype man. Yes, I feel like as a jazz musician, we don't get a lot of hype men. Yes, know? we need a good hype man just to be like <laughs> right after the solo. Yes, that's what I'm yes. talking about. That's what I'm talking. About. <laughs> That's right. Hype men for the the young lions that are that are still out there. That is so funny. Jeez. Yes. That's hype man. I couldn't imagine yes. Flavor Flav coming after Miles Davis, like just like just all around him and just trying to like, what would he do? What would he be really be, you know? He would he'd have to be yeah. saying something because he, you know, he's he he's very vocal. So he I feel like he'd have to be saying something. He might put a clock on Miles after the solo. Yeah, I have no idea, but the, but Miles was such a. I, I mean, I don't even know. I you would know more than I do um, about like his personality, but he seemed like a very flashy, very amped kind of guy. Oddly enough, um, I actually know Miles Davis's family. Wow. Yeah, like really good friends with them. I've become. Uh huh. Like, we've become acquainted over the years. Um, and uh, so how would he how would he have reacted to a, a flavor flave like circa 1989 jumping on the stage? I think while he he's doing been, his solo. He'd have been like, man, get that shit out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think need Miles, this. I think Miles. Miles is so cool. He look at this. This is OK. I'm sorry. This is just sorry. all good. Um, Yeah. Miles. He didn't. Miles didn't take too much shit based on everything. Yeah. And especially if you read his book, like. You know, the book is great, too. If you got, oh, I have to check it out. Oh, it's like if you ever want to know about Miles Davis, you read that autobiography. He's literally like you. It's, it's one. Of, I don't know. It's, it's weird because like out of all the books that I've read, that one mm -hmm. it's like once again, it's like a personal conversation with him. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And it's so like um, 
like tangible too. I don't know. It's like so real. It's, you know, nice. yeah. I all, love memoirs. Yeah. It's just like directly from him to you. Just like a conversation is beautiful, you know? And but then, this, this, this like goes, um, it goes deep. Like he talks about like his relationships, like Cicely Tyson, maybe, um, yeah. Betty, Betty something. Betty Davis. Betty Davis. Betty Davis. Yes. Wow. The, yes. The first Beyonce. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh, I love Betty Davis. Like one. Yeah. Yeah. I love Betty Davis. She's like, she's so funky. I mean, it's wow. we, we haven't really had a Betty Davis since Betty Davis. Like she really. She, yeah, yeah. She was a rock singer. She was. She, funk rock. I mean, whatever yeah. you want to call it, but you know, the funk, Fire. the funk is what inspired the rock. Wow. That's what I've learned from parliament. And when you go uh -huh. and listen to all the parliament records, just like some of the early ones, it's like, that shit was way more rock than it was anything, you know? And it's just like, yes. you know, they just play funkier grooves, you know? So uh, when I think about Betty Davis, she, you know, it's off. It's like Rocky, but it's like the funk undertone, you know? You know, I don't know. If, if, it feels different when I listen to it now and knowing the history behind it. It's like, ah, man, this is like, this is funkier. Wow. <laughs> and I wow. feel like I connect with it on a whole deeper level. You know, especially mm -hmm. when I listen to Betty Davis in particular. She had like wow. Larry Graham in the band and like some really good like funk musicians so that you wouldn't think I'd be like rocking out like that. And it's like, yeah, it was all kind of wrapped up in the same genre. Oh, that's amazing. I, I have to check her out. Um, oh, but yeah. going back to you and going um, because you you work on so many things. Um, in addition to being an accomplished solo artist, you've played with so many people, Childish Gambino, Moses Sumney, Flying Lotus, Alicia Keys, Kamasi Washington, uh, Thundercat, Michael Bublé, even Babyface. You've played with everybody. List goes on and on. What are you working on now? Because uh, like, especially like pandemic is ending, stuff is opening up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I decided to open up uh, Domino's Pizza. Nice. Okay. Uh, I All right. I don't I, like, I do not like uh, uh, Hawaiian. But I, I'll, I'll take whatever, whatever else you're selling. I feel like the hood, we don't, we don't have enough Domino's pizzas. No, so we don't. I, I figured, um, why not open up uh, Domino's Pizza? So I just, uh, I've been working on a Domino's Pizza uh, franchise for the last, uh, six months uh okay kind of building uh i'm gonna change some of the recipes i feel like you know like like the hawaiian i feel like it's a little played out yeah you know? yeah you know? um i i i am behind that and i i have uh <laughs> being from new jersey i have no problems consulting on pizza so Wait a if you, why if you would need I open... because you're a californian you, <laughs> you I might open... have some questions about pizza yo why would I open it? Okay, I, it's just <laughs> this is a joke, people. Of course, I, of I, course. I, come on, especially why would I open up a Domino's of all places? <laughs> like I would, I would definitely be going more for like you know, especially like I love New York pizza. Yeah, it's the best. New York pizza is the best. It's actually yeah. for me, it's better than like Italy. <laughs> like I know, it's, uh, I I have a friend that was quite offended uh, by that. Uh, I think somebody fought. Like she had an argument with somebody at a party and I think had to walk away. She's um she's from Europe and um yeah like the person tried to say that like Jersey pizza, even though Jersey Jersey New York pizza is is very good. Um Connecticut yeah. also has good pizza. Um listen, anywhere in New anywhere in that coast for me. Right. Because I've even yes. been to Philadelphia. I mean, anywhere in that coast, I'm like, man, y'all just got it together when you yeah. come back. But LA, <laughs> we finally there's some places here now 
It's getting it's getting there. It's 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 you know some people say I make it's the water. Uh, oh oh. I make good pizza. I make I would make you good pizza. Now let me ask you a question. Yes. Uh, are you using new New York water or what are you what are you doing for that I pizza? I use I use I use butter. That's my that's butter, my secret. Huh? Yeah. Do they use butter in New York? Um maybe that's my uh sort of uh like Haitian uh you know post-colonial French uh, mentality to put butter in everything. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's not but, a bad thing. Uh, yeah, no, I, I inadvertently use water because like you wash, I wash the pan that I use to make the, the pizza. And so there might be a little water still on the pan when I put the crust down, but it's all about good sauce. I mean, I always hear this urban myth about New York water and how yes. that makes the pizza <laughs> amazing. And they I got to say bagels too. And the bagels, the bagels. Yes. Come on. See? Yeah. 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 We, we can't had, get none of that here. Like, yeah. We had a, like a fancy kind of sorry bagel today. Um, this place called pops. I mean, it's good, but it's like $3 for a, like a little, you know, a little bagel. And then you have to pay like $5 for like really fancy cream cheese. It's good. Like it's tasty. And it was nice to sit with Sean and, and we had the, the bagels, you know, it was nice. But um, like a bagel should be 80 cents. Uh, hey, come on. Come and, on. And super tasty. It, yeah. It, it should definitely match the taste. Come on. Especially when yeah. you're coming from New York. I know you, I know what you're used to. You yes. Know, they, they toast it right. They put a little butter on it. They hook it up. And you yeah, get that right. and it's just like this and the coffee. Thank you. You just say yeah. thank you. Yeah. You're and thankful. that in total should all be like $3. But like. A oh, little, yeah. a little sorry, like fist of a size bagel. Like, no. I tried to make my own bagel one time. Okay. Disaster. What happened? I mean, I, I, I was good with the dough and then I dropped it in the water, the boiling water, and then I baked it and it just tastes like, uh, uh, just, uh, you ever had a boot? Uh, not, not recently. Yeah. It was like a, like, you know, like a Timberland. Nice. You know, and you rough. Know, it leather was, it was i didn't know i was like i don't know if we should eat this uh-huh and then my girlfriend at the time was like we should just toast it i was like okay well let's toast it and then we toasted it and that just you know i lost a tooth oh yeah so <laughs> <laughs> okay but you've told me nothing about your music you're uh, a musician you're not a, a carbs carbs making man I, you're a music making man thanks to the p- pandemic i've actually I've actually baked more now yes. than I ever have in my life. And I've done a lot of baking. Uh-huh. I tried I tried everything from pumpernickel to uh, I've made everything. Pumpernickel. I've never even thought to try that. That in, And you have to get like the coloring right. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's a it's a science. It is. It is. But I got it right. I got it right. I made like some rye bread. I, I've been in there hooking it up like nice. when it comes to bread. With the yo, caraway seeds. Yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> Once I got my, I got, I bought a Dutch oven. <laughs> Target had like a Dutch oven for like 30 bucks. I was like, yeah, I think I should get this. <laughs> and wow. Ever since I got that thing, I've just been like in love with everything, you know, and wow. the, cast, the cast iron skillet. You can also do it in a cast iron skillet too. And it comes out just as good. So I didn't know. Okay. I, I made a uh, cast iron 
cornbread. Um, every uh, the the beginning of the year is a soup soup jumu. It's like a it's a it's a yeah. it celebrates the independence. You you know the the history, the Haitian history. Yes, yep. yes. And so so I made the soup uh, jumu, and then I made uh, some cornbread with it. Like Ooh. so, it was kind of like American. Um, Sounds great. to it, and I, uh, I, I had it as like a side item to the to the soup. That sounds and great. And I made it in iron. That was my baking in cast iron. But that that's so awesome. That's so fun. The uh, Dutch oven. Yeah. No. Yeah. The Dutch oven and the uh, cast iron skillet. I just learned something else about the cast iron skillet. How important it was, like during slavery, like, oh. and how they used it for like everything, and, and how including it, weaponry. Hope, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, I know they were, uh, yeah, I know, you know, they were definitely making cornbread for sure. You know? Oh, that's good. And uh, a chef that I just started following, she's like, I just only, I've been making cakes with my yeah. uh, uh, cast iron skillet. And she's like, these cakes are even better because with, uh, because of the cast iron skillet. So I was just like, iron. I was like, I wonder if I can make a cake with it and how would that taste? Because I, yep. when it comes to baking, I'm like all over it. Yeah. Literally. Like I love it. I love baking because it just uh for me it's uh it's therapeutic, you know, yes. and it's and it's a way another way for me to like, you know, uh experiment with like, you know, I'm just real creative. So I like to, you know, I like using like other methods, like, you know, instead of buttermilk, I'll use I'll make my buttermilk with like, you know, Ooh. some almond milk and some uh lemon juice, you know. Yeah. So like vegan, you'll you'll try to veganize it as, as much mm. as you can necessarily veganize it because i mean i was vegetarian for almost 15 years but mm-hmm. I, I don't know if i'm going back to that even though everybody else seems to be it's like now everybody wants to be vegetarian and vegan friendly and i'm like really mm-hmm. and now all these restaurants are just popping up and they're like oh yes vegan cuisine i was like really it was none of this 10 years ago none yeah there no. are a lot of vegan spots in la yeah but they weren't good yeah I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some good spots. Let me let me retract that. There were there were some great vegan spots, but like um, M Cafe that that's pretty good. M Cafe, yeah, but it's like a few. It's like a few, and then right, you, get, right. you get you get tired of that food very quickly. I'll say this, you know. So that's probably the best thing about being vegetarian. Like, you know, I got a chance to explore so many different types of foods, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, and then so many different types of substitutions, you know, yeah. that part. So. I'm real interested in like substitutions, you know, substituting eggs, substituting butter, substituting, you know, uh, 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 dairy, so forth. Yeah, I like I like that. Um, I made some. Well, OK, so I, I that's this is not um, I guess this is sort of different. But like uh, the other day I made um, lamb. Co- so not vegetarian, at all lamb kofta kebab instead of flour, you used, um, almond uh, almond instead of uh, flour, used um no no breadcrumbs. You're supposed to use breadcrumbs. I use almond flour, and so that was a good sub. Um, yes. I do like that too. Like um, I've done like flax seeds instead of eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I've done uh, or you could use like arrowroot or agar. Agar. Yep. They're different. They're different uh, methods, but yeah, love it. Depending on taste and so forth, and right? What it is yeah. Bananas right. are good too. Yes. Yeah. Banana. Oh, do you? Well, okay. This is vegetarian surfer pancakes. It's a mashed up banana. You can put uh, like vanilla, cinnamon and um, vanilla, cinnamon, and then uh, an egg and you mix it all together and it comes out like a really good, a really good uh, pancake. Really? Yeah. 
It's called surfer pancake or uh, paleo pancake. Oh, the paleo. Yeah, that sounds like, yeah, okay. Yeah. It still doesn't sound that fun. Ooh, it, it sounds weird. It sounds weird. Yeah. And how does it get it's, it's a, good. a cool name like surfer pancake? Um, because I guess maybe surfers make it like on the beach or something. I don't I don't know. I legend it, has it. it. It was actually Sean's mom that that told me that said, Oh, surfer pancake. But like I was calling it paleo pancake for a long time. That's interesting. Mm. Okay. So okay, I've asked you about projects and you are you, okay. you have pivoted to other subjects. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I would love to know. What am I what, doing? What you have? What What are you doing? And if you don't want to talk about it, it's okay because you know. No, I'm just. You, know, doing, you can talk about whatever you want because you're 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 very interesting. Anyway, I, I'm doing so much is what I'm doing. Yes, I'm doing. Uh, right now I'm kind of like in between like um creating a, a record label. Wow. A record label slash production company. Wow. Know? Yeah, I figured. Uh, why not attack music and film at the same time? So uh, I've been uh, so I've recorded maybe about five records for that record label. Um, and it's incredible. It is. Oh, the music is just I feel like it's some of the best stuff I've done. So I'm like, why haven't I done this before? COVID had to yeah. like, slow everybody down and 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 put you in a moment, put, you know, give us a moment to like reflect and see what's important. You know, and and, is yeah. is it is it out? Is it coming out or? what what the music yeah, that the music the record label oh yeah i mean listen um it's a lot of planning you mm -hmm. know and i'm trying to really do this in a strate uh, strategic way where it all makes sense and everybody kind of like you know the the, op the the whole idea i got from it i mean you know the whole conception of it was from uh i've been talking to a lot of music supervisors for licensing for film yeah and now it's just like well uh, and then I just I'm like, I got so many friends that are talented, you know, like your yes. husband, you know, yes. like just so many good friends he loves are, playing with you. I love playing with him. We grew up yes. together. Yes. But it's like I got so many talented friends and I'm like, um, and a lot of my friends, I, I don't think they just don't know what to do because there's no like there's no way for them to like, you know, just put out their music, you know. So right. I just was like, I wonder if I could create a way where, you know people musicians would yeah just, you know you know we'd have a outlet you know and a some kind of just, you know platform for us to yeah exactly you know mm -hmm. for us to be able to like uh put our music out and just and also not just put our music out but have the music like have it in the catalog directly for music supervisors you know because they're looking for new stuff all the time you know so i was right. like well and, I, and it just all started to come together you know and i started asking people hey man and then the way I'm doing these sessions, I'm kind of doing it in an old school fashion where mm -hmm. um, I'm uh, this is just great. Um, I'm doing it in an old school fashion where uh, mm -hmm. like Motown, you know, I got a, a, a couple of old school books, you know, kind of yeah. talks about like how they recorded. And a lot of times they would just come in at like two o'clock in the afternoon and record, you know, uh, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. You know, they wow. just play it, you know, write the chart, boom, come in and just record it done yeah. in an hour sometimes wow. done within an hour yeah so i just started thinking classic, about that classic music that we all still listen to and have been influenced by yeah and it's just mm -hmm. the way it's all about how you write the chart it's like if you write a good chart and <laughs> you call it good musicians you could just come in and play this so a lot i'm just saying all that to say like a lot of the sessions have been like you know within you know four or five hours and right. and i'm just you know kind of putting these large ensembles together and just recording it in one swoop, 
no overdubs like hey let's just get all this done this is your part it's your part let's try it like this and boom and that process is i feel like we kind of created a um i don't know like uh just you know i don't know i feel like the ancestors are like proud you know yeah <laughs> you know I, I i got that feeling where i'm like man i feel like we're doing something like that we can also show people like hey we don't have to overproduce we like all we have to do is just document the moment mm -hmm. that's it so um yeah so i'm excited about this this new music um yeah and uh all the musicians that are a part of it you know ryan porter is uh one of my uh mm -hmm. co-conspirators on this he's great, a great trom trombone player great trombone player yes. great, go great guy we're yes. also um we're also in the um in the making of uh <laughs> of uh creating a uh uh a puppet show about musicians what, what? we're on our second uh we're on our second episode we're going to do like a 10 episode series uh like cranky anchors kind of thing sort of sort of <laughs> i mean we've been taking we've been studying all these shows you know uh -huh. um i've been studying all the shows but he's been also he's also like you know you know he you know he's been creating these puppets since he was a kid oh and, i didn't know that yeah Ryan? yeah ryan porter wow yeah his mom like, was like felt like felt puppets felt puppets his wow. mom his mom was like an architect and she like wow. like yeah she kind of like designed a bunch of the la schools in our district like which is crazy wow i know i know so it's like he you know he grew up seeing his mom with this easel at, at her board you know and just you know so he would you know so he started drawing and he started just really getting into arts and crafts at an early age and yeah. And it started doing these puppets and he's been kind of, it's been just on the low, you know, he hasn't really uh -huh. told nobody. So yeah. I'm like, uh, until now, until the yummy Coco show. Oh my until, goodness. Until Breaking now. news, everyone. I just, I was like, man, I think we should do something with this. And then we started talking. I was like, uh -huh. you know, and then we started developing what the show was going to be about, you know, musicians and tour stories and just how we tell those and kind of skit form. And so far the stuff that we're writing, I'm like, you know, I love Larry David and I love uh -huh. Eddie Cringe. Murphy. Yeah, yes. You know, but uh but I will specify uh, uh -huh. 1980s 90s Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Sorry, sorry <laughs> Eddie Murphy if he's listening. Eddie Murphy ain't listening, but if he is listening, hey man. You never know. He's he lives listen. in my hometown. Well, listen. Of Englewood, New Jersey. Yes. I want him to listen to this and hear me yes. cuz I love Eddie Murphy. Uh-huh. He's one of my favorites. You know, Dolomite was very good and he was excellent in it. That that was just a couple years ago. Uh oh, you have a serious look on your face. I have a serious <laughs> look because uh, I love Eddie Murphy uh -huh. and um, I love Dolomite. Yes. And I feel like, um, you know, I don't know. Like when I I'll be honest, when I look at that movie, I, it's, it's a few things that kind of like like the music for one. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The music was cheesy and it kind of wow. made it. To me, the music was cheesy because it's like, <laughs> I don't know, some of these films, particularly black films, like uh -huh. they put this kind of cheesy funk music and it's like, it's like, and so the especially score. You're, you're talking about the score, the actual score of it. Wow. You know? okay. Yeah. Sometimes the score for me will ruin the film because it's like, it's like, who are, who do you think we are? You can't. You, <laughs> yeah. I'm just I saying it's like. That. Yeah, when it, especially when it comes to like funk, you know, and yeah. the whole contract, the whole the whole, the whole score uh, was kind of based around this '70s kind of funk, you know. And it's like you can't get musicians who aren't funky to play this because you know, to real funketeers, it's a uh -huh. slap in the face. 
you know, and to real musicians who understand about like, um, you know, I don't know. It's like you can't pull one over me. It's like, no, wait a minute. This is actually distracting to the film. Wow. Yeah. Like, um, uh, like Sean, Sean does that too, uh, in that, like, cause you, you, you are both, um, you've been playing music your whole life. So yeah, you can, you can spot things that I have no idea of. I don't think in that way. Um, we were listening, it was funny. Um, like a, a Devo song came on the radio mm-hmm. and, uh, the, a lot of the synths he liked, it was a song called, um, uh something like think you're cool it's uh uh tough to be cool i forgot i forgot it's one of like their their lesser known songs mm. what what is it over being cool something like that I mean, anyway mm. whatever uh devo song but like he noticed that like the solo was um was was not as uh swinging or or pop in yeah. what through being cool, whatever the song, the oh, okay, cool. song, yes. Anyway, notice he, yeah, it's I like it because I, I just I, I like the melody. Yeah. Like you know, I, I connect with different things. But I'm, my point is just that like you, um, can pinpoint things that like I, I, I can't because you know you've been playing your whole life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and when it comes to music and films, like I'm really connected with that. I listen, you know, I I look at a lot of films and, you know, Mm -hmm. and I listen to a lot. I've been studying scores for like years. So, um, you know, when you see a film, you know, about like the, you know, the legendary Dolomite, you expect, I mean, I don't know. I was just expecting like uh, the same quality of like a Leonardo DiCaprio film, you know, it's that same level of respect. It's like, what is this? This is who did this? And this is, this is, this, yes. I mean, and listen, I don't want to talk about the director or mm-hmm. Eddie because I feel like Eddie did a great job and the director, but, yes. um, but also, no, I don't feel like the director did a good job. I feel like it was, you know, I'm being wow. real. I'm being real. <laughs> I'm being real. It was, it was because I was expecting, I don't know. I was, I, I felt like I was ex- expecting a good, like a good cinematic film. And I feel like, um, you know, you know, it just was, it was like a little cheesy. I'm, you know. Wow. So I'm not even going to ask you about Coming to America 2. I've seen Coming to America 2 about four times just because every, you know, every time I see it, I feel like I can, you know, try to understand what they were doing, you know, especially if you look. There's some dad jokes. There's some pretty good dad jokes. There's some good, there's some good stuff. I think (laughs) my favorite one is like, uh, he says something about like, uh, you know, McDonald's has the egg McMuffin. We've got the egg McStuffins. Yes. I think that was my favorite. So wait, real quick, I want I want to play a game with you um because okay. you are a major uh gigantic coming to America fan, the 80s coming to yeah. America. Oh yeah. Um but before then, you are a father to kitty cats. What are your kitty cats names? And one of them you you take you take out with you on errands sometimes. Oh, uh well, He's I like only have fancy looking like black and he has like a little white on him. Yeah, I only have one cat by the way. Just, oh, I think just, you you've had like a couple. Uh, over the years, I have you know, but uh, you know they don't. They usually run away. Or oh, oh. They go. They go. They run. Well, they you go on to, tour. You go on tour, and then people are taking care of them. And no, they just they they're tired of the music in here. It's oh. just like <laughs> it's, once they start scratching at the door, he's like, "Hey, just," and then they don't come back. I'm like, "Oh, I feel like he he didn't like that last song." Oh no! Maybe it was the food. I I I do really. I I prepare. If you see 
how I prepare his food. I grow, uh, I, yes. I grow, I grow his own catnip. Uh huh. I dice it up, put a little catnip in the food. I've set it up real nice for him. You know. What's his name? Uh, it, it keeps changing. Uh, it was long. His his original name was Lionel Jody Domingue Jack Nicholson, and I think uh, I just X that out, and I think I'm calling him Bridgerton. Nice. Oh, Sir Bridgerton. Ooh. Sir Bridgerton, like kind of more, more uh, of like uh, the Duke of Hastings. Exactly. Ooh. Exactly. Uh huh. Did nice. I? Nice. Yes. <laughs> I guess you were very you were moved by that TV show. You know, it's one of those things that uh, you click on and you're like, um, let me see what this is. <laughs> and then <laughs> I think at epi- by episode six, you're like, oh, okay, I'm, uh, I guess I'm into this. Yeah, I'm into film. Any any TV film, like it don't matter what it is. I just am like kind of glued to it. So mm-hmm. uh, this in particular, I just I love like like any kind of like you know 16th century stuff. I don't know. I, I like yeah, to see it. I like that stuff too. You know, any kind of yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's in Europe too, because you get in a different uh, disposition as opposed to America. It's like ah, uh, you know. Do, do you ever see the Great? On Hulu, I think you mm-hmm. might like it. No, I, I, I mean, I've seen you know little things. I, I gotta, I gotta see it. I gotta see it. It looks good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's about the queen of 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 Russia. Um, she was married to uh, Nicholas Holt's character, who uh, Peter the Great. She was married to Peter the Great, and she she um, uh, orchestrated his his uh, beheading, basically. Mm. Um, but it's a, it's a really great show, and it's very funny. Oh wow! Yeah, I. And it's I funny too. Yeah, yes, yeah, real funny. It's super violent and very funny, Jeez. because Peter the Great, you know, the Russians like they don't they don't fuck around with like they're very violent. They can be very violent people. Not to be general, because they're very nice Russian people. Whoever's no. listening. But... Yeah, no, no, but I, 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 I understand historically. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Listen, I've read some things where I'm like, yes. oh wow, wow, okay. It's like that over there. It's very interesting in Moscow. Yeah, I gotta say, oh, best line of The Sopranos: "Don't fuck with the Russians." It's, it's true. Weird. It's weird because they. Uh, I feel like uh, I don't know. My time over there, I uh, I had good vibes. I had good yeah. vibes. You know? Wow. Was, yeah, because you've been all over the world. So yeah. you've been to Moscow. But it was only because they knew I was a musician. Like uh-huh. <laughs> walking around on the street, it was like uh, it was like walking. It was like I don't know, like. Sometimes some of these European streets, like, you know, mm-hmm. my experience, it feels like 1956. Wow. Like that's the level of racism. Wow. That's the level yeah. of hate. It's yeah. like Especially goes, in Eastern oh, Europe. Eastern Europe, period. No, not Eastern Europe. I'm not gonna let you put that on them. That's fucking Europe. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry to sure. burst the bubble, people. But sorry, sorry, all of Europe. All of Europe is incredibly racist. Yes. Germany, Sweden. I mean, uh, you name it, you know, where we, yeah, Norway, everywhere we've been, it's just, you know, and nobody, listen, I've never really said anything about this because, you know, the fear of being blackballed, you know, you can't Mm -hmm. say shit about nothing, especially if you're black, but now I just don't care. And I'm like, I'm like, we have to have some awareness and we got to have these talks because otherwise, you know, 
the next generation, they're just gonna have to go through that same bullshit. So I'm like, fuck that. If I gotta, yeah. if I have to risk whatever I'm doing to like, to raise awareness to <laughs> these, uh, you know, these experiences. Psh. So that's another reason why we decided to do this show. Cause I was like, man, it'd be cool if we can like create like these scenarios, but in a funny way, but also kind of give like, you know, some truth, like to what this experience is as black jazz musicians. You right. Know, it's a very particular right. thing. <laughs> yes. You know, cause jazz musicians, you know, we think much more out the box than like the common, like, you know, mm-hmm. I want to play with Britney Spears. It's like, okay. You know, it's a different mentality, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're artists, you're yeah. artists, you're creative. Um, you, you imagine different worlds, like in your mind, music worlds. I mean, when the, the band passes the ball to you, mm-hmm. you have, you have to tell your story. Yeah. There is no other music that has, you know, there's no other, I mean, other than jazz, what other music that they say, Hey, you tell your story. We mm-hmm. don't, you know, and we're, we're not going to tell you anything. You just, you tell your story and we'll play, we'll compliment you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, ha- you have to listen. It's like really good listening. Yeah. And and then responding to to what you're hearing, and just it just puts you in a different place mentally. Like mm-hmm. mentally, jazz musicians are because <laughs> we have to think, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, and just yeah, we have to think and play it in rhythm. Right. Okay. So let's let's do a quick game. Uh, you are a major coming to America fan. Mm-hmm. Let's see how well you know the movie. I'm going to try to stump you. Oh my goodness. Stump me. Because <laughs> you've seen this movie. This is a 30-year-old movie. So you've seen this movie maybe a jillion times. He, you have the original script. I studied the original script. <laughs> okay. And I have it just <laughs> readily available, just FYI. So you yes, just stump me. Yes. I'm like, uh, go ahead. <laughs> Make okay. my day. <laughs> this is awesome. What is the name of the company that Daryl's family owned? This is an easy one. Uh, the name of the company that Daryl family owned. Uh, Sogo? Yes. Okay. That's an easy one. Now it's going to get harder. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> In Semi's first scene where he meets up with Akeem at the breakfast table, what number is displayed on his polio uniform? Is po- not polio. I'm sorry. Polo. Oh, this polo. It's uh, polio uniform. Oh, that's it. I don't. Hmm. Is it five hundred, three, twenty nine, or four? Twenty nine. The answer is four. I just stumped you. I stumped oh. like. <laughs> but listen, that is a very. That's a small, I nuanced. <laughs> I know. I go like I saw this online. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> that is very interesting. Who would know that? That's that. I guess that's another level of uh of this movie that I. <laughs> that's very interesting. I've never I, I mean, I, if I asked Eddie Murphy this, he'd probably get it wrong. Okay, so um, number three. If you ask Eddie Murphy this, he. I'm sorry. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. No, I'm just like if you ask him that, I, he would. I don't think he would remember that at all. You know? Yeah. I met Eddie Murphy, by the way. Yes. Went to his house. Nice in Englewood. 
in Inglewood. Or in, in, in New Jersey, or this is in LA. Oh, in Inglewood, New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> no, in, in Hollywood Hills in Los wow. Angeles. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty surreal. Yes. I was, it was, it was pretty surreal. I got called to do like a session and uh, I, it's weird too, because I had just sprained my ankle like at a baby face show, dancing, uh-huh. doing some dance moves and sprained my ankle. So I was in this, I had a little cast on and I had Aww. like, like crutches. And then all of a sudden, uh, and I, it was, in, I was in Vegas. I just flew home and all of a sudden I get a phone call. Hey man, uh, you know, uh, Eddie Murphy's putting together a little band. And, uh, man, uh, listen, I, I, you just gotta be a part of it. I was like, listen, I don't care if <laughs> I, listen, I don't care if you want me to play kazoo in this goddamn band. I'm down. He was like, well, I didn't tell you all the details. You don't have to. Just yeah. tell me what time to be there. He was like, well, actually, well, we're meeting up, we're meeting up right now, kind of play through some tunes. So you should come through right now. I was like, well, come to where? He was like, Eddie's house. I was like, hey, man, listen, I'm there. Count me in. Don't even. I was like, send me the address. I didn't even worry about. And then, like, after I got off the phone, I was like, oh, shit, man. I got a, got a cast. How am I going? I can't even get downstairs. Make a long story short, I get there. Uh, and, <laughs> Yeah, and I get there and I and like I walk to a studio or kind of the studio area where he was at. And uh <laughs> I go in there and and Eddie walks in, you know, looking like wow. very regal. Oh yeah. He was like he, it's something about cool people, like man. Flowy white clothes. No, or? he he had like uh I'll never forget. He had like black jeans and nice. he had like a like a burgundy kind of sweatshirt that was like like uh like like velvety Ooh. and it had like gold things and it it was dope he it, he looked like fucking a million dollars wow and i was like that's eddie murphy and he walked in he looked like a superstar I, he looked like I, the superstar I, that he and is. i was i was sitting down and i kind of like get, got up with my crutches and he was like oh damn somebody fucked you all the way up <laughs> <laughs> i just started dying laughing <laughs> and the whole t- he was just the way he was riffing it uh-huh. was very. It was a. It was a learning moment. It was a learning moment. I'm one of those people. You know, I'm an autodidact. You know, yes. I teach every. I teach myself everything, and I learn from like experience. So, uh, like in that moment, I was dissecting what he was doing. You mm-hmm. know, and it was very interesting because like whatever I said, he was taking it, and I think this is the genius about Eddie Murphy for mm-hmm. me, which is yeah. what I don't see in this film, these films, which is why I'm like oh. I hold such a high standard because I'm like I know what it's supposed to be, and this is. This is good for Tyler Perry, but this is not good for Ooh. me. This is I, listen. I'm, I don't talk shit about Tyler Perry because I think he has done, yeah, of course, incredible things. But of course, and if we're, and if we're talking about quality, provided housing. He also provided housing for Harry and Meghan too. He did. Yes. See, Tyler <laughs> is a good guy. I love Tyler. I don't, you know, yeah. I really do. Um, but no, I saw. I just I, I picked I picked up what Eddie was doing. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting. He mm-hmm. was kind of, in a sense, improvising with yeah, these gonna, words. Yes. I was going to ask you about like, the jazz musician connection. Go on. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, no. He was improvising with these words like like the way Charlie Parker or the way Herbie Hancock. Like if you played, if Miles Davis played a and Herbie harmonized it, like Herbie would just like, I don't know. I can't really explain it, but it was like yeah. he took this. Magic. He took these words and he was like, just 
like completely making all these different scenarios and all these different pathways to go with just my leg, my, my foot. And I was just like, you just took that. I just saw how you did that. And he kept going. It was like, yeah. he couldn't stop. He was just like, and I was like, <laughs> and that's when I knew that Eddie is like, just, he's still Eddie. He's yeah, still he, Eddie. Whenever he gets ready you. to do any kind of stand up, Oh man, uh-huh. I'm just, you know, but these films, and mm-hmm. I'm, be, I'm just being real. I'm not saying that he's not funny, but these films, man, you know, to be quite honest, I'm like, um, you know, uh, the last, that Dolomite film was, I think, directed by Craig Brewer. Right. Uh, As was uh, Coming to America too. We got to get some brothers. Yeah. Just, I'm just, and, I, and I'm only I, saying that. I've seen Craig Brewer um, in person. He did, uh, well, he did, I think he did Hustle and Flow. He also mm-hmm. did, um, uh, yeah. Something snake moon with uh, snake, yeah, oh. yeah, <laughs> with Samuel Jackson and Christina like Ricci. some random white girl, Chris, Chris, aka Christina Ricci. Wednesday, oh, Adams. that was Christina Ricci. Okay, I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> You're right, that was her. She yes. looked so, I just, she looked so displaced. Like, in that, it was so, it was such yeah. an awkward, like, film. Right, right, but yeah, he was wearing like a big Stetson. Like he, he, yeah. he has a he has a quality to him. He has. Um, I think he does. I think he does. Yeah. I just would like to see some of these films done uh, from a from a more black perspective. And the only right. way you can have a black perspective is to be black and walk a black experience. So it's right. like and those are the things that I feel like I'm kind of disconnected when I see Dolomite. It's like, see right here, like whoever's doing the music, they are not in touch with black people because Dolomite, Dolomite be like, hey, man, what kind of cheesy kind of Dolomite's whole thing was he loved music. He yeah. had music. He would hire a band. Dolomite would hire a, a band and play in, to play in the background while he told his jokes. Right. You know, and right. he had a yes. he had a very. Yeah. And it just, you know, so just that concept, I feel like you know, the music has to be just as important. We can't like dip down, you know, and I feel like the way the industry is kind of set up, it's not really set up for music to be like art, you know, and for it to like have this kind of like, you know, uh, hierarchy, well, not necessarily hierarchy, but like, I don't know, like what we have, like we can enjoy good music, you know, and we know what that is. I feel like it's set up to like be just like music. (laughs) Like we just need funk and okay, well, this is funk. And it's like, no, man. There's uh, elements that make it funky. Right. It, it it seems like uh, when it comes to like film and television, uh, there are a lot of hands in the cookie jar and a lot of a lot of voices and a lot of people saying stuff. And, <sighs> and then some things just get watered down um, lying. As, as like the, the producers. Yeah. The, notes, the money, the, you know, people behind the money, you know, they I, want I, things a certain way. I, I was I had a film that I, uh, I was I was supposed to score. Uh huh. I was really excited. Yeah. Uh, like I got called one day, just really excited. Like, hey, man, Brandon, we're doing this film. And we were thinking about you to score, man. We were just wondering what you thought. I was like, I'm in. And it was and it was a audio. Um, it's a biography kind of piece, you know, and it was I was just really excited. And then uh, all of a sudden and director, it was like his directorial debut. So it was like it was a big thing, you know, as an actor. I don't want to talk too much about it, but yeah. Uh, make a long story short, you know, we actually started working on music and mm-hmm. stuff sounded real good. I was real excited. Mm-hmm. And then powers that be the powers that uh, be it's and, and once I understood what was happening, you know, cause I was real upset, but then now just working in the industry, I understand that I get it now. <laughs> cause it's yeah. like, if it's your film and you're putting your money behind it, 
you kind of want to make sure that whoever is doing it and it's more uh it's more from uh um it's more from money you know they they get these other composers and these other people because they have the name so you get john williams on your film you're gonna <laughs> I, i'm gonna go see it you know so you know uh but just to what you were saying like in terms of just the uh just the the protocols you know there's so many hands and so many you know um cooks in the kitchen mm-hmm. so you know mm-hmm. um you know at the time i was kind of devastated but uh you know over time i kind of figured out like what hollywood was about i was like okay hollywood is all about like the producers the producers are the ones who are funding the film period so they have the say so if they say they want this composer or they want this uh dp or they want this director that's you know and it's you know i get it so i just figured and if they want you know the story to be told in this particular way yep yeah and then they yeah yeah and then they changed the script completely too that was another thing that i was like wait a minute this script is this this is different this is way different than what we were talking about and yeah so but that kind of all inspired me i'm sorry no no i'm sorry it's just i'm I'm sure the person that was that's making the project too was also um affected by it or had 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 some feelings about it yeah he i mean he called me just and was like man um you know, we got a few more producers now that signed on, which is good, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so now we can afford this, like another two months of shooting. I was like, oh, great, great. He's like, but it came with a caveat that they want to hire a music supervisor. And the music supervisor is like, we should hire this person. You know, who is this guy, Brandon? Who is this? He's, he's who is he? And it's like, oh, so wow. I don't even get a chance. I got you. I have to. But at the same time, I also took that because I'm I'm one of those people like you say no. I'm going to figure another way around it. And my yeah. way around it is like, why not just create my own production company and create my own films? Right. You know, I've been always wanting to do this for a long time. I just haven't because I thought music was just the only path. But then uh, Jay-Z, I heard a Jay-Z quote and he said, um, he said, there are no geniuses. There's just people who've tapped into their higher ability. And he's like, once you tap into that, like, you know, you can do whatever. Wow. So when I cook, he's not just a business man. He's a business man. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's not just a business man. He's a business man. Yes. That's a line from one of his songs. Oh, it is. Yeah. So I don't, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't listen to a lot of hip hop, so I don't, I didn't I didn't grow up with a lot of hip hop, so I don't I don't I don't know too much about hip hop. But uh, my last question, this has been amazing. We didn't finish the game, but you won anyway. I well, did what, once, so I, I feel good. Well, what was the last question? Oh, my game? last question. Well, I had a few, but my last question that I'll ask um is uh at McDowell's, what job was Maurice, aka Louis Anderson, doing at the time? He was telling uh, Akim and Semi the promotion levels to ultimately make assistant manager. Uh, I think he was flipping burgers. He was washing lettuce. Oh, washing lettuce. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. He even made a comment like, see, me, I'm washing lettuce. Then I'll be on fries. Soon, I'll be on the grill. Yes. (laughs) And then he was like, that's when the big bucks start rolling in. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember that whole scene. I have to go back and watch it again. I mean, that's literally one of my favorite films, even though 
it's got a lot of racial connotation for about Africans that I, you know, I wasn't privy to growing up, but uh, now I am like, okay, this is, uh, I get it. I get how, <laughs> how fucked up it is in that sense. But, uh, you know, the best thing I like about the film is like, it wasn't necessarily a comedy. Like, and mm-hmm. I think that's where the second film kind of like went a little weird because they kept trying to bring these comedic things that I'm yeah. like, this film originally wasn't a comedy. You just got really good, funny people to do these lines. So I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, but you had a good script here. You guys are like trying to make us laugh. And um, this is 2021. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do much, especially for black people. You're going to have to go. You're yeah. going to have to do you're gonna have to really because black people are more much more intelligent now so it's like you can't come with the shook chucking actually i don't know because so many people love the films i don't i don't know i don't know i mean black people always been intelligent but but yeah they've definitely been more influential in 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 film they've been able to like you know the the businessman like people like jay-z he's had more influence in in the world beyonce in in our and and when um, i say intelligence i'm i'm only specifically talking about film yeah film and how we're portrayed that's really that yeah because uh it's like yeah but i I was just gonna add like influence in terms of like money they're able to 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 put their Mm. money where where their Mm. their heart and and you know what they really want to say is i'm sorry go on no 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 that's important (laughs) it's like super important um yeah no i just um yeah i just um you know and i think just from being a jazz musician you know um you know, you just, I don't know, you look at art in such a high place, you know? So when you see these films, you kind of want to, you know, I don't know, you want to see a reflection, you know, especially when it's a black film, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like when you look at the way 12 years of slaves was done, and then you look at the way Dolomite was done, it's just like, come on. When you look at, I know, I know these are two completely different films, but for me, I'm like, I want to see that same I want to see that same direction. I want to see this be uh, like something like not just, you know, good enough because you got Eddie Murphy in it. You know, I want to see it should be good enough, you know, because, you know, you know, the direction, the script, the music, all that makes makes the film. So um, I want to see us represented like, you know, the way somebody like Misha Green, you know, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and people like. uh, Justin Simeon, you know, love, love him too. Yeah, and you know, uh-huh. yeah, and Lena uh, uh, Lena uh, Breakway, Lena Wait, yeah. Lena Wait, sorry, Lena yeah. Wait, yeah, yeah. Yep. you know, and just that because those I feel like they kind of represent, you know, uh, the nostalgia of like you know this kind of old Black Hollywood and or just not even Black Hollywood but just old Hollywood and this kind of new emergence of this new uh kind of black hollywood that's kind of like where we can kind of tell our own stories and we can kind of be unapologetically black as opposed to just like unapology uh, unapologetically black through this you know white lens it's like they're kind of like scooping over the white lens and just kind of going being like hey this is and it's like i feel like it's just so it's just so much better to be authentic in that sense so yes um i just want to see content like that for us you know yes me too just good stuff i don't want to <laughs> i'm t- you know and i'm i'm not i'm not going to say i'm tired of supporting just me- mediocrity cuz i don't want to say that because um i don't think it's fair to you know just based on all of just based on the whole pathology of how we're even existing you know so i don't want to put that out there but i do want to say that um 
I'm excited for these new directors and these new films and these new productions. I mean, even just the fact that I'm starting this production company yeah. and, you know, and I'll be directing yes. and producing. Yes. I'm literally setting up. We're setting up like to be I'm able to writer. shoot Hello. in two months. Huh? I'm a writer. Hello. Oh, listen, listen, I, I, listen. You know how it's funny because I've been. um scripts. I've, it's so, so funny you say that because I've been really into like trying to, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, assemble a writing team, you know, oh. and right now it's just primarily been just Ryan and I, okay. and, and that's working great, you know, but we're introducing some other, uh, some other female characters. And I'm like, we're going to have to, we're gonna have to pull some other people in to like, cause we don't, we don't want all the dialogue to come from us. Like it's cool if the concept comes from us, but we want like, so I'm like, man, we got to, I got yeah. friends. I got friends the right too. They that would love to to participate. See, see, and I yeah. My whole concept, I just was like, man, we should like, we should find people that we have good rapport with, like just somebody who we can just talk to. Mm-hmm. I'm like those kind of people. I feel like that's the kind of people we should be writing with, <laughs> like, yes. and not just like, oh, I'm a writer. It's like, no, no. Can we have a conversation and just because that's the kind of dialogue that you need when you're writing, you know, I'm learning that. So, uh, yeah, I've been just thinking about that a lot. So it's funny you say that. Yeah, this is amazing. Um, I love talking to you. I could talk to you for hours, but I have a therapy appointment and I'm so late for it. Oh no. Okay. So you have to do that. (laughs) I have to, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have to like talk to my therapist about why I'm late for appointments. I don't know if that's, but I, I don't know, whatever. I've (laughs) When I'm late, I, I, in fact, I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not really that late actually, but yeah, there's been a few times where I've, where I've canceled completely. So, and yeah. that's not fun because you have to pay a half or something. Yeah. No, yeah. I have to pay a full fee. I pay $50. I, I get the, um, I yep. get the poor people. Um, yep. Yep. Same here. Yeah. When my, when my insurance is like, you know, 30 yeah. bucks, I don't know. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's great. I, I want, I want insured. I, I pay cash, but like, uh, that was my oh. dad used to say for everything. I pay cash. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Cash. I mean, I pay it like a deductible. So, you know, it comes out to like, you know, but I also found, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna find the cheapest therapist, the cheap, the cheapest one I can find. Yes. They were like, uh, you should just, you should go for this. Person. I was like, no, I'm gonna just see what money can buy. And <laughs> <laughs> so and I'm, I, I'm gonna listen to me. I'm paying. I don't even know if this person is a therapist. I think <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> it's just an open ear. A smile. Sometimes I have to convince the person like, uh, is, are we ready? Uh, sure, man. Go ahead. Tell me what you want. Tell me. Go ahead. I'm like, so this, is, this is definitely from the show. <laughs> this would have, huh? have to be a bit in the show. See, I, I wouldn't even know to do that. Of course. I'm just, yeah. From study, I just I'm only I'm literally studying comedians and studying like uh, TV shows. So yeah, well I am yeah. an admirer of comedy. Uh, love it, but yes. So let let us let us uh, sign off. Um, love Sounds you. Good. You're amazing. Thank uh, you. This is this has been incredible, epic interview. Thank you. No worries. Thank you for having me. So that's it. Um, we'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye.